Okay, three, two, one, and. Okay, I I'm not sure what that was. Whether Zoom just filtered out the clap magically or something. Oh, it, maybe it did. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to try again? Yeah. Three, two, one, and. Better. Fascinating. There was I heard nothing. Okay. Whoa. Let me let me try on let me try on my end. And I mean, if there's nothing, there's nothing. Then whatever we can figure huh. it out later. Okay. <clears throat> it's a clap filter. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Yeah, I just heard a small pop, but nothing uh, that, that indicates there was a clap. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. We can, we we can, can spend the whole hour talking about this. We can, we can get started. I mean, honestly, we could spend the whole hour talking about, about this. So, for, for context, because I'm assuming whatever happened before we actually properly started the podcast is that, you know how because we are recording um i'm i'm not sure what the term is double ender is it um, oh in podcasting okay. basically i'm in my room and i'm recording and then david's at home and he's recording and then we have we are on zoom and we are recording on zoom so there's one track with just me one track with just david and then one track with both of us and then we all sync up using the zoom track afterwards and um in order to perform the sync we do the we do a clap right the clap yeah and um that's kind of what the clapperboard is for traditionally mm. in film i mean the clapperboard is to sync up audio with video um yes. yeah but in in the case of zoom i mean the clap is just to to sync up the 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 shared track with the solo tracks um, but Zoom is, uh, Zoom is, <laughs> I mean, Zoom has fiddled really... with a lot of these, um, algorithms behind the yeah. scenes that, you know, they don't tell everyone about. So it seems like audio processing has been something they've been fiddling with. So in the top left corner, I have original mm. sound and it says original sound off. Mm. Do you have that? Oh, oh, maybe not. Hang on. Ah, ah, top left corner. It has, um. Top left, it says recording. I don't see anything about original sound. Okay, so because I have a setting that I turned on at some point that allows me to... That right. has gives me the original sound setting, but I think yep. um, that's probably <coughs> the thing that will let me... You know, I can, I can set original sound on, and then mm -hmm. I think Zoom will not do any processing or do very, very light processing. Right. I am yep. not sure about, about it. But anyway, whatever. I think I think it will be case, fine. It's a, it's a new computer, so I you know the settings are probably default. So yeah, okay. Um, actually, what computer are you using at the moment? I mean, I I'm using I... a Lenovo. So Lenovo, I'm using a right. Lenovo E15, I believe, um, which is a slightly older model, but mm -hmm. it's uh, it's 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 bulkier than than your average uh, Lenovo. Right. But it's 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 meant to be sort of the budget option. Right. Okay. Yeah. The the funny thing is. Um, my okay a, a member of my family i shall not name the the accused, accused. a member of my family ooh. what accused ooh salacious yeah. <laughs> a member of my family right has just gotten a um 14 inch macbook pro okay okay Said wait the member, not very good one is it is that the new no why would it not be very good oh sorry it's that's the, the m2 inch. so i'm thinking of the m no the m2 which has a slower chip than the m1 for some reason well, yeah. Um, 
I mean, I've 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 heard about I've heard about that, but I think that's uh, I I haven't dug into the details of why that is. Mm. Um, but in any case, yeah, it's the 14 inch MacBook Pro. So I think it has the Pro Max, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um. Okay. So the essentially the highest end, the most powerful processor, pretty much. That yes. In the M1 range at the moment. Yeah. So. Th- this person is upgrading from a 2015, uh, no, 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 not 2015, late 2013 MacBook Pro. Oh, uh, late 2013, that was actually one of the better models, right? It it was a very good one. It was yes. a very good one. It was like the one with... Um, the one that everyone stuck to after they, it went downhill, essentially. Yes, People correct. refused to get rid of that one. Yeah. Because of the, of, the, of the butterfly keyboard and um, yep. also because... It had a full range the of ports of the USB uh, USB A and just full USB C. Yes, yeah. correct. So it was it was a good it was a good machine. Mm-hmm. Now, said individual is also very <laughs> averse to upgrading software. Um, I mean, you can see where this is going. Okay? I can see where this is going. Yes. So, I don't know which which Mac OS came with this computer. Oh no. Okay. But when the new computer arrived, right, I was roped in to investigate why migration assistant did yes. not pick up the old computer or why migration assistant doesn't oh, seem to, you know, communicate between these two these oh, these no. two machines. Is it so old that migration assistant doesn't even cover? No, no. I mean, it's it's, it's not that terrible, okay. but but it's it's Ah, okay. So, um, migration assistant gives you a few options, right? You can do the migration over Wi-Fi. You can do it over Ethernet. Yes. Um, I believe, I don't know if you can, I guess you can do it over USB-C. I'm not sure. I um, don't recall. I mean, I did the migration for my previous MacBook Pro, which is unfortunately no longer with us, but yes. <laughs> yes. Then the other option is to do it using a time machine backup. Yes. All right. Okay. So tried it over Wi-Fi. doesn't seem to recognize the machines. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, fine. Let's do a time machine backup, which you should have anyway before prior to a migration. Oh, for sure. And yeah. then we will, we will try it. Okay. So I did a, a time machine backup on the old machine. I attached the hard drive to the new machine, and the new machine does not see the old, does not see the time machine backup. Oh, oh. Fantastic. Okay, that's not good, but okay. That's not good. Yes. So, I, um, I mean, I looked up possibilities. Yes. All as, right. As a, as any tech support would. Yes. Well, yes, tech support. <coughs> uh, okay, and uh. I mean the thing is, fortunately, at least, right? Um, the, the most obvious and in the end correct answer presented itself which was that um ntfs it is apfs Mm, yep so (coughs) the old machine was Mm -hmm. running el capitan okay that's not that old oh no it is old oh oh hang on 
I'm, I'm forgetting old. all my Mac, Mac OS generations already. Let's, okay, um, okay. Let's take a look at list of when was Mac OS Gosh. versions. <laughs> El Capitan was, was old. Jeez. Okay, so um, we are now at Ventura, which is Mac OS are we now? 13. Okay. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, Ventura is in beta. Okay, yeah. okay. So Monterey, Monterey, Big Sur, Catalina, mm. Mojave, mm. High Sierra, Sierra, and then El Capitan. Right. It was released in 2015. I mean... As far as Max goes, honestly, that doesn't feel that old to me, but okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, Monterey has issues picking up Time Machine backups um, right. when they are not APFS. I mean, not just Time Machine. They have issues picking up drives that are not APFS formatted. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. And because the machine that this person has is new. Yes. Right? It cannot be downgraded to Big Sur. Yeah, correct. Right? Yeah, you, yeah. The, the machine will... The, the oldest version of the OS that any Mac can have is the one that it's shipped with. Yes. Okay. So now, I go back to the old machine and I say, well, I have to upgrade to a version that will allow me to format the time machine backup as APFS. Mm. Yeah. And um I don't remember why. Um oh no, I think I wanted to go up to High Sierra. Because Okay, okay. I think Sierra was the debut of APFS and High Sierra was when um it would just format all external drives as APFS. I can't remember the details, but right. I, I want to go to High Sierra. Was a very stable. Uh, I mean, the, some of the yes. some of the Mac OS releases were very unstable. But yes, High was relatively stable. Correct, correct. Um, yeah. I think I wanted to go to High Sierra, and then I, in the end, um, for some reason or another, I had to go up to either Mojave or Catalina, mm. um, because whichever the original version that I wanted to um, to upgrade to was somehow not in the App Store. Right. Oh, or geez, invalid yeah, in the App Store. I, I can't remember. So the, Apple's the, gatekeeping is very annoying sometimes. I mean, to be fair, it is... I think the... <laughs> The the URL was was there. Like you can still go there. It just okay. doesn't download properly. So mm, I don't think right. it's intentional. I think it's just an error of some kind. Okay. Um. So, in the end, the op- order of operations was old machine upgrade yep. to. Uh, I think it was Catalina in the end. Then, um, what I was going to do was format the time machine drive to APFS, do a time machine backup and so on and so forth. But yep. then um, the accused individual made a suggestion, <laughs> which is, oh, maybe once you do the upgrade, it will recognize the old machine on migration assistant. Which it did. Okay, okay, okay. So after the upgrade of the old machine to, I think it was Catalina in the end, um, I think in the end I, I went to Catalina because 
the other thing about Catalina that happened was that um, Mojave could still run 32-bit apps. Catalina oh, cannot. Oh, right. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It's a good point. And yes. um, this person still had 32-bit apps. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're going, you're not just going to a, you know, it's the, the new machine, like, is a completely different processor. Forget yeah. about, you know, like, as, as of two years, three years ago, you were not even able to run 32-bit apps anymore. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh, God. And then, of course, uh, there was weeping and gnashing of teeth about, really good. Yes. about <laughs> why um, old apps, you know, why there's no backwards compatibility. And I said, no, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't get it. 32-bit apps have to be phased out because of the 2038 problem. Yes. Like, right? You're familiar yeah. with that? If you're not familiar with that... I'm aware yeah, of it. Yeah, gonna I'm aware of it. Yeah, I'm just going to put a... I'm just going to put a Wikipedia link into it. But basically, um, the 2038 problem is that when you have 32 bits, right, you are not able, with our current set of time standards, you're not able to represent times beyond the year th- 2038. Yeah. So, um, and that's why there's this push to switch to 32 bits. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, Sorry, 64 bits. Surely. 64 bits, 64 bits. Thank you. Mm. That's why there's yep. a push to switch to 64 bits. But then the thing about, yep. the thing about um, you know, this whole migration thing is, I mean, it's one of those things where we all make a joke about how, you know, when the thing pops up and, like, there is an upgrade available for your computer. Would you like to upgrade now? And then we'll delay it. Yeah. Right? But, yep. I mean, eight years. Actually, more eight like nine years, years at this much. point. Oh, jeez. I mean, okay, yeah. yes. I, 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 I'm also of the habit of putting off upgrades, which, yep. um, for... The, the main reason is obviously because... Um, you know, you and I both do programming. So there yes. are issues with backward compatibility with uh, upgrading your platform. Yes. Uh, especially when you're when you're uh, uh, writing code in sort of fairly standardized platforms like R, which mm-hmm. I do a lot. Yeah. Um, the, the change from R3 to R4 broke yeah. a lot of code. Um, I'm so famously right now, Python. Yeah. Python 3 same, and Python 2, yeah. Python 2 and 3, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and which is also another issue I had to struggle with as well because when I wrote my, I'm you know I wrote my that software I'm writing a software for my dissertation and I wrote the original first beta in or the first alpha actually in Python two point seven <laughs> right Why? because it was for a class and the instructor oh. insisted that we had to use this package called ArcPy, which is the, the Python uh, extension for yep, ArcGIS. Okay. And okay. because ES, uh, Esri, the company that makes ArcGIS, is dumb, okay. right? Not only does ArcGIS only work on Windows computers, it also only uses Python 2.7. Well, you have a Windows computer now. I have a Windows computer now, but I, I and I have decided to jettison uh, the original alpha because... I don't want to... Number one, ArcGIS only, obviously, I mentioned earlier, only works on Windows, but number two, it's uh, proprietary software. Right, yeah. So it's expensive. I, right? I, we've been over this in one of the early, early episodes of Monkey Mind. We probably have. And, you can go and... I mean, if you, dear yeah. listener, you can go and dig for it, yeah. 
So, Just but update, it. the paper is almost ready. So I'm, hey. I'm dangerously close to... to uh, I mean, the, the software has already been released on GitHub. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, the peer-reviewed paper is... is uh, came back with comments, and so I'm in the middle of revising it, and it should be... If I can get my act together and actually start working on it, it should be uh, uh, almost done by the next couple of days. Fingers crossed. Right. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Anyway... But the, yes, the uh, computer uh, migration, migration the migration. I mean, once we discover that it's the file system that's the problem, um, yes. and an upgrade to either I think it was Catalina in the end solved it. Um, okay. Yeah. And um, and of course the reason that you know said person did not want to upgrade way back when was that you know they had software that was essential that was running on 32-bit and they didn't want to upgrade. Um, mm. I'm like, the the software exists in 64-bit. And then they're like, no, but I have to pay for it. Okay, whatever. <sighs> okay. okay. I, I, right. I guess, right. but also right. at the same time, ugh, um, okay. Okay, okay. Interesting okay. though, I mean that, that, you know, given that now people are jumping back and forth between Macs and Windows much more often than in the past, uh-huh. um, there is not more, I mean, there is the, the awareness of the file system issue is not as widely understood. I, I mean, mean, this popped up because I bought a new thumb drive. Um, right. Uh, and it's one of those fancy SanDisk ones with like two connectors. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, it's a really fun looking thumb drive because on the left side is a USB-C, on the right side is a USB-A. Right, right. Um, and when I plugged it in, I couldn't download a lot of the stuff I was trying to download. And it turned out that it's because, you know, it's in uh, FAT32. <laughs> yes. Which right? is Microsoft-only standard. And famously also has a cap on the size of files. Uh, yes. Because it is right. 30... Because... 32. 32-bit. Uh, I, I mean, I remember, I remember doing this in, in class last semester. Yes. Okay. Um, I, f- but, I forget yeah. the details as well. It's been a while. But yeah, no, because I think one of the the the, the key um, things that's one of the the I want I want to say like the thirty two represents something like basically what it, what is a file system, right? A file system mm. is when it comes down to it, what you're what you're thinking, what you're looking at is everything in your computer memory is zeros and ones, yes. right? And everything that has to do with formatting and encoding and like, you know, file extensions or like ASCII encoding or Unicode encoding is mm. a way is a standard form of saying when we have when we say that we are using UTF eight encoding and you see a sequence of bits like this, mm. it means X. Yep. Right? Or when you have a dot doc extension right Mm. um then it means that it's a microsoft word document and you interpret the zeros and ones by doing this so uh i mean the 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 thing is in the class that i'm taing now um intro to computer systems that's that's what the students are doing this week right actually (laughs) or that's what they're doing um well technically next week but some 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 students are have actually started working ahead so um, they are at the point where we are saying that take an assembly file mm-hmm. and write a C program that will turn it into binary. Okay. And okay. We are they are assembling it for um, 
they're assembling it for a CPU architecture that is used for teaching only. So um, mm. there is a textbook that I cannot remember, but it's by, I want to say, Pitt and Patel. Um, I mean, just Google like Pitt and Patel computer systems, you'll you'll get it. Um, <clears throat> so originally it was called the LC3, the little computer 3. And then mm-hmm. at Penn, um, they developed a version that is LC4, the little computer 4, basically an update to kind of make it resemble more modern systems. Right. Um, and okay. make it a little bit more powerful. So mm. what what you have to do is, um, given the instruction set, right, and then um, you have to take in, you have to be able to take in an assembly file and turn that into the machine language, the zeros and ones mm. that are going to be fed into the loaded into the CPU, uh, loaded into this LC4 CPU, mm. essentially. So, um, I mean, going back to the file system thing, right? A file system is basically a set of organizational rules that tell the operating system, yeah. okay, given this set of zeros and ones, right? Here is how you interpret. Um, here is how the the bits are organized into files, mm. right? And um, not just how the bits are organized into files, but let's say I I have a I have a I have a disk, right, or some portion of memory, and it is formatted as this file system. The OS needs to be able to find where the files are, but also where the files are not. Because if you create a file, you need to be able to put it in an empty block of memory. Right. Right. So right. the problem with um, with FAT32, essentially, mm-hmm. was that um, if you imagine that there is like a kind of index that says, um, okay, for all these memory addresses, right, inside this 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 file system, um, or inside this block of memory. Um, this one is available. This is not available. This is available for use. This is not available for use. Mm. So with FAT32, basically the number of addresses, right, that it could keep in this in this file, right, right. keeping track of where all the, you know, empty and taken spots are, mm-hmm. was limited to, I want to say 32, but I have a feeling it's not 32 bits to go and look okay. it up. Yeah. Okay. And so that imposes a, an upper limit on how yes. big each partition can be, which is why famously FAT32 has a four gigabyte limit. Yes. Right? Because and, at four yeah. gigabytes, you run out of ways to address that that space using only 32 bits. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, the, I mean, going back to the, the thumb drive, right? So I've, I, you know, I, I figured out that it was FAT32, but not after some Googling. Right, because clearly it's not something that you immediately think of, or maybe I should have, but clearly I wasn't thinking. Like. Um, so I googled around, you know, Stack Overflow and uh, the same model. I asked, you know, a lot of people asking, why can't I download, you know, this big file onto my onto my thing? And everyone kept giving 
weird answers, but not a single person actually suggested that it might be the FS, the file system. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then it just hit me after like maybe 10, 15 minutes of Googling. Like, oh, yeah, shit, it's the file system. Uh, because, I've, you know, I've, I've dealt with this millions of times, right, as someone who used to do tech support and yeah. also someone who deals with very large files uh, for my work. I, I also think this is, um, it's, it's partly a sign of the times because, I mean, we, we learned technology in a period of time when you're still using physical media to transfer files. Oh, that's true. Right? And now mm. it's much more common to put everything in the cloud, right? So if you want to transfer yes. something, I send it to you by email. Okay. All the details of our system completely obscured. From you so what you're saying is that we're old? I mean, essentially, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Uh, that's that's you know, big booster to my self-esteem there, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, at the end of this meeting, we're going to like put our files in Dropbox. What file system does Dropbox use? I mean, I have no clue. I don't know. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> that's true, yeah, yeah. The cloud really has changed the way we operate with file systems, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... Huh. That's um, yeah, and of course, um, I mean APFS has some interesting properties. Although I I can't give you the details. So if you are if you're curious about it, there is actually I actually have a recommendation which is Accidental Tech Podcast, yes. um, which I used to listen to religiously and I stopped because firstly I have too many podcasts to listen to, and I mean mm. it's it's one of those things like sometimes you enjoy something and then after a while it stops being that fun and then I just stop listening to it anyway um, Accidental Tech Podcast John Syracuse one of the hosts um, he is so obsessed with file systems that they have a bell <laughs> and the bell is rung the first time on any episode that John Syracuse says anything related to file systems so during the time that macOS was making the transition to APFS, the bell was rung yes. many times. I can imagine, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, ah, so, yeah, that's, that's the... That's, but okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're interested in, in the details of file systems... It's a good I mean, podcast. Yeah, it's, yeah, ATP is what I would recommend. Incidentally, even yes. though I still don't... I, I no longer listen to ATP, um, I have a hoodie from ATP. And oh, it is the, the okay. most comfortable hoodie that I own. So I mean, I don't know. random I, random I, product shill. I, okay, I, I you know I've got back from the US uh -huh. for a short while, and uh, I don't see the point of owning a hoodie in Singapore for for the time being. It's so bloody hot outside yeah. these days. My gosh. I mean, I, I don't often use the hoodie. Sometimes okay. I use it in the office, but very rarely. Mm. Although the last time that I used a hoodie was a couple of weeks ago, um, because because I got COVID. Ah, but yes, of course. Yes, yeah, and so uh... when yeah, the 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 first day was the worst because that was when I had yes. a fever. It was at like thirty eight degrees, um, right. and I didn't really have a reliable thermometer. I used the infrared thermometer, but then of course that's very dependent on how you take your own temperature. Yes. Right, it was yeah. like a 4 thermometer. The IR thermometer is unreliable at best. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if it's telling you that it's, you know, you pointed it an inch from your forehead and it's mm. like 38.5, you definitely have a fever. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that yes. was the situation. Within tolerances. Yes. Yeah, that was the situation that I was in. So of course, mm. um, you know, it's the usual fever nonsense where it's like you're hot and cold at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and so of course I wore a hoodie because. That's because fair. yes, so it was yes. nice. Although it was I mean, not the ATP hoodie, so. Well, whatever. Ah, okay. Well, too bad. But yes, I mean, I, I thought I had COVID in the US, but the problem is I never tested positive. So uh, who, who the hell knows, right? But it seems like so far I've avoided getting it here yep. back home. But yep. it's a matter of, you know, is it just a matter of when or is it something that, I don't know. I mean, clearly, do I already have some level of immunity from having possibly been infected last Dece- December, January? Because right. I remember when I got back from the Netherlands... Mm-hmm. In uh, on New Year's Day actually on yep. uh yeah New Year's Day, uh, I I was then out for about one or two weeks uh, with a fever, but I right. tested every day and uh, using the um, art testing, right. which obviously is less precise and also heavily dependent on how you swap yeah yourself. So something that is kind of not clear to me because of course what happened was um i mean in my family my my sister was the first to test positive and then mm. it went through the whole household and now everybody is negative right. um but when i tested positive then i mean i did some research right to be like i mean firstly it's logistical like you know does it count as an as an mc do i need to separately go to a doctor whatever right all that kind of stuff um but then there was the question of I mean, we know that ARTs are considered to be less reliable than PCRs, mm. right? But mm. um, in 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 what sense? Like, is, you have the false negative rate and the false positive rate. Yeah. So the one that, of course, that you care about when you have tested positive is what yes. is the false positive rate. Yes. Uh, and my understanding of it is that the false positive rate for ARTs is very very low. Which is why yes. it's, yep. it's, it's been used it's, as a it's used. Yes. as a rapid test, right? Is the false yep. negative rate that's high? Yes. Um, which is, in other words, you can test negative and doesn't mean that you don't have COVID. But if Correct. you test positive, there's a very high chance that you do have COVID. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's one, one, one consideration about. Well, I mean, basically, this negative. means that you've passed that one away. Well done. Um, Yay. <laughs> I uh, still have never taken a stats class in, in my life. Uh, matter um, of time. <laughs> like I mean, I'm, it's, it's something that I'm thinking about, but I think there's a discussion that we can have offline. Um, <laughs> then the other kind of question that I had was, so for example, my my, my mom, um, she was the last one to test positive. Right. And we also have had two brands of ART tests. Okay. ART okay. tests is a what's that term when you have a redundancy? Uh, yeah, right. Redund- yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. ATM well, had, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've had two brands of ARTs, and um, in one of them, the instruction said swap ten times, and put four drops in the uh, inkwell. Inkwell in the right. well in the testing the well. well. The well. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still using fountain pen, so inkwell, whatever. Inkwell. In, yes, in the in the good. in the well. Um, and then on the other, it said swap five times and put three drops. Yeah. And so, um, my mom, I think out of habit, the first time that she, the first or second time that she took the test, she put four drops and she observed that the line was 
was was um thicker or brighter or whatever. Okay. You know. Yeah. Um than the day before when presumably she followed the instructions and put three. I'm I'm mm. not sure. And then um subsequently when she did it again and she she used she followed the instructions exactly and she put three drops, the line was as expected. As expected okay. in the sense of, you know, the symptoms are are fading and you would expect the line to be to correspond, right? Like Yes. Yeah, I mean of course that's not the progression that everybody sees, but but it seems to broadly be the case. Yeah, for I mean most it's people. it's intuitive. Although of course yeah. intuition doesn't always hold up very well, but mm. yeah. So I mean that's also another kind of consideration, which is like, I mean especially when it comes to medical or pharmaceutical products, we expect a range of tolerance. Yeah. Right. But at the same yeah. time, these are really kind of sensitive <laughs> instruments. I mean, <clears throat> that was my worry initially when, you know, in the very early days of COVID, we were talking about home testing, right? What is the tolerance? What is the sensitivity? As someone yeah. who does, you know, lab work and, and you know, uh, has to deal with all these issues, it, it can it can be a real bugbearer. But yeah. I guess, you know, I mean, clearly I'm, I'm, I'm not a, 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 a uh, someone who works with, with COVID testing, but, you know, clearly it's designed to have some level of... of Resiliency. Of, yeah, resilience essentially to to you know to variance, shall we say, of use. Yeah, I think this is also kind of you know when you have an ART, why do you err on the side of a false positive? I mean, mm. why, why do you err on the side of um, making sure that the false positive rate is low and the false negative rate is high? Yeah, right, and that's because it's kind of what is more destructive. If yeah. people who believe that they are positive take action versus people who believe that they are negative take action. Mm. And I it's if if I mean there there is an element of well, I mean, should we should all believe that you know, we should err on the side of the false negative rate um I mean you you, you want to make sure that people who might be positive Right, test positive. Mm. That's kind of what you're you're thinking, and therefore you would prefer high false positive over high false negative. But mm. that's not there's there's one thing about like you know you assume everybody is behaving in accordance to to <laughs> pandemic protocols, but then there's right. also the flip side of um, you don't really want everybody to believe that they are positive when they are not. Yes. Yes, that because is the that would be worse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with uh, pregnancy tests. I mean, all these things comes down. You say the the test cases are pregnancy test kits, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. how 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 would someone behave if they knew the knew a result, whether or not like, the result was actually correct? Right. Or not. Like you think that it's bad that you test negative when you actually have COVID. Well, it's mm. worse if you test positive and you don't. That's right. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's, it's, we can, we can, yeah, it's, well, in any case, you know, in my case, I tested for, I tested myself, I think once every two days, because I only had a small ration of tests. This was the US, right, where this was the time where there was yeah. a huge crunch of testing availability. So yeah. I rationed the test, took the test once every two days. And then finally, when I felt, well, uh, and I also ordered a uh, PCR test, a saliva-based PCR test, which should be much more reliable. 
The problem is the US being the US, it took so long to arrive that by the time it got to my door, and by the time I shipped it off, and by the time the results uh, came back to me, I had already already very clearly recovered. So it's like <laughs> that's actually very funny. There is a um, there is a Planet Money episode actually that was kind of hilarious, and um, well, I mean it's it's not hilarious because the subject matter is funny it's a, it's an it's an amusing treatment of it but um right. they had a show they had an episode where they sent their reporters to go out and get a test within 24 hours it was in january actually january 2022 right. so around the time that so you were at the same time yeah. yeah that you were encountering this and i think like of the six of them i think only two of them managed to get a test result um yeah i can't remember i can't remember the details but essentially it was oh we hear that there is a pcr testing shortage uh or mm. not not pcr testing there is a covid test shortage in general right. um yeah. six people all in different places in the us they have to go out and find a way to get a covid test mm. and then they report back and then then of course then you know they do the usual thing where they the usual NPR thing right where they bring in the experts to be like oh that seems legit that does not seem legit or why you, because I think there was one person in LA who found like a random tent where, where somebody was just like you know without checking <laughs> yeah, that's not JF. insurance yeah. or whatever and then it was just like okay you know I'm gonna take a swab and then uh, at some point you will hear back and <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, from according to the public health expert, if I remember correctly, they were like, "Yeah, actually, that is to be expected because a lot of these places they are being asked to set up testing booths at very short notice. They are not checking your insurance because they don't care, right? Oh, because if it's if it's publicly funded, they want everybody to have access, basically. Right? Oh, that's and rough. Then, Holy shit! Okay. Yeah, and so um. The, of course, in many of these cases, they are not doing the testing in the tent. They're just yep. taking the swab and then shipping it off, and then That's you right. will hear back eventually. Yes. Yeah, and of oh, course, bloody hell. yeah. Um. So it was a pretty interesting episode, but also kind mm. of, yeah. That was during a time when you could not get in a test kit to save your life. Yeah, quite literally. Omicron surge. Yes. Uh, the, the 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 big the first big Omicron surge, which obviously now we're well into our what third Omicron surge now. Who Jeez. knows? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we've tried to yeah. avoid talking about COVID, but I think this is quite a good sort of uh, talking point that we should, yeah. should we should have addressed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the point where <laughs> where you actually get COVID, <laughs> that's a yeah, pretty good that's point fair. to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, so going back to when you were out for a week or two and mm. still tested negative, I mean, it's, it's very hard to tell. Yeah. Um, it could be that you, you're below the threshold, it's a false negative, it's maybe not COVID, who knows, right? Yeah, but, could have been, yeah because, you know, I passed through Salt Lake City Airport, so I could have picked up anything from there. Yeah, and then I think there is the other factor, which is, I mean, January was Omicron, now it's still Omicron, but... Um, it's a different strain. It's it's possible to get reinfected with different strains. Mm. So there's mm. there's the other yep. thing, but I think one thing that was kind of startling to me was okay. I mean, 
for me, the progression of COVID was, it was a Wednesday morning that I tested positive. So to be mm-hmm. exact, I went to bed, I, I tested on Tuesday. Mm. Tuesday, I was negative. Mm. I went to bed on Tuesday, woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't really fall back asleep, noticed that my throat was a bit funny. Mm-hmm. Then decided, okay, you know what? I don't think I'll be able to get back to sleep, right? Until I have tested this just for peace of mind. Yes. So I got up at three in the morning and I did a COVID test and it was, I know the COVID tests say like check after 15 minutes, but in this case it was immediate. Oh, wow. Right? Shit. The, the thing like just lit up um, okay. positive. Damn. And that was at three in the morning. And mm. yes, I was positive, but I mean, I was still not feeling bad. It okay. was literally yeah. like, just like, a, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you haven't, you're not properly hydrated and you're like, mm. huh, okay, if I drink a bit more Scratchy water, this feeling will go, yeah, yeah. this is the kind of thing. That was at three yeah. in the morning. Wow, at shit, seven, okay. at seven, I was feeling not so great. Mm. But again, if it was just a normal sore throat, it wouldn't necessarily stop me from going to work. Right. Right. Like, it, especially when you're working from home. Yeah. Like it's, you're not feeling bad it's literally you're fine literally the only thing is when you swallow it hurts a bit mm, mm, it's that kind of feeling yep. that was at 7.30 then 7.30 I messaged my, my teammates and I was like uh, I tested positive for COVID and I'll decide in the next couple of hours right whether I will show up to work I mean show mm. up on Zoom I mean I'm not right yeah fair. The office. Mm. <laughs> then um, at 9 o'clock Two hours later, impossible. Oh, Nine wow. o'clock, I was like, I want to curl up in bed and just go Holy to sleep. Holy shit. Right. And at nine o'clock, I was like, okay, I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not showing up to work. Mm. Then, um, by the middle of the afternoon, it was like, full-blown, like, fever, mm. you know, don't talk to me. Don't bother me. I just want to like lie in bed and yep. wake me up when it's over kind of yeah. crap. Right. Um, so it was, I mean, it was surprising to me like how fast it was. Like literally going from, oh, my throat feels a bit funny yeah. to like, I have a like 38 degree fever and I am very unhappy <laughs> in mm-hmm. about 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and then I, the fever lasted until about, funnily enough, about twenty four hours, because it broke by three o'clock the following mm. morning. I think that was my experience too with whatever yeah. it is that I had. It was the, the fever only lasted a very short while, but yeah. the the discomfort persisted for a bit. Yeah, so the the fever was gone within twenty four hours, mm. but then the um. I think it was like the, what what was it? Is that feeling of, you know, when you swallow and then it hurts? That yeah. Sore throat, yeah. That lasted for another two more days. Mm. Uh, along with like a ton of, you know, like crap in, crap in the nose kind of yep. feeling. Yeah. Um, and then for another two days after that, it didn't hurt when I swallowed, but it was... Like, it's not normal. You still have that feeling that there is something in the throat. Yeah. 
right. sounds familiar actually yeah, yeah it sounds very familiar yeah, yeah. and then uh, mm. i think it was day it was day seven that i finally tested negative mm. okay yeah so wednesday being I mean, day one and then monday being uh, no, Tuesday being with what yeah. other people are reporting essentially yeah mm. and um i had my first telemedicine experience because ah. i am not going out you know in no. that in that state so the i actually wasn't sure whether i needed um a doctor's note which i mean mm. in singapore is mc because uh, which is a very specific it's a very singaporean <laughs> term i realized because we have um, in my office, there are a lot of non-Singaporeans, mm-hmm. and one admitted um, a while ago that after a few years in Singapore, he finally just he finally asked, MC. "What is MC?" <laughs> <laughs> because he gathered that it was something health-related or medical-related, and so he, he felt it was very rude to ask. It's like, "Oh, I'm not coming. I'm not coming to work today. I have I have MC." And he was like, "Oh, okay, you know." And and finally, he was like, "What is a what is an MC?" Oh, very like good. a couple also of years. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so he found out it was a medical certificate. It's a doctor's note, okay. essentially, that says you're unfit for work. Is it a British thing, maybe? M- it could MC? be. It could be, right? Could it could be. be. I, I don't know. Okay. Right, it's kind of like... <laughs> but in, it's, it's quite funny. Okay. Yeah. So, I, uh, I wasn't sure whether, like, does the positive test itself count? And right. again, this is going back to the false positive, false negative thing, right? Yeah. Like... Yeah. It's kind of if you're doing an at-home test, how reliable can it be considered to be? Right, so, I think um, there was a huge amount of anxiety over that a few months ago. Right, people were flocking to 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 clinics, and then the minister had to say, "No, just stay at home." Just stay at home, and yeah, correct. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, I was wondering about that, and um, anyway, because my health insurance is has a arrangement with um, a telemedicine provider mm. so I uh, kind of like signed up I, I don't know what the term is like you know you have to do the thing where like you log in with SingPass and then you have to like provide your oh. proof of identity and god knows what and really is that so so leche it yeah it has to be done I think because the rule is that a doctor's clinic has to mm. maintain its own set of patients records Right, right. And okay. so a telemedicine provider is still a doctor's clinic, and so they have yes. to keep that, that set of records. So, um, which kind of sucks, but I mean, on on the upside, you only do it once. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So um, I, I did that, and then the way that it works is that you can specify like what type of visit this is. Like is this mm. a GP visit? Um, are you? Is this a? Do you need like specifically um, a mental health provider? Is this mm. pediatric? And then they had one for supervised ART, oh, which okay. I was not aware was a thing. Uh, I, what I, mean, I did in the US was a supervised PCR test. Right, right. Where the person literally watched me spit into a tube. That's it. Interesting, yeah. So I was yes. wondering about about that because I mean, I we've already mentioned that you know, the the I mean the ART kits are meant to be somewhat resilient, but mm. it's very hard to control for things like how how um, I don't know how many how good your sobbing technique is. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know what how t- what other um, what factors go into that. 
right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was an option for supervised ART, and um, I was kind of debating back and forth. Like, does it need to be a supervised ART? Because if you go, if you go to a clinic, and the doctor does the ART for you, right, um, and you test positive, it's a five day MC. Oh. But then I wasn't sure whether it has to be. Like, does it have to be done by the doctor? Does a supervised ART mm. test? I mean, I, whatever. So I was mm. thinking, well, I, I definitely need an MC. Yeah. But do I have to choose the supervised ART? And in the end, I decided I was just going to do like a normal GP consult. Mm. And the interesting thing is you, you tap it and then they just ask you, like, what are your symptoms? Oh, okay. And you just list out your symptoms. Huh. Which actually, if you think about it, at, at first I was like, this is a little bit, it's almost like industrial production of doctor's visits. Yeah. But I, th- I thought about it. And the thing about symptoms is that they are always patient-reported, right? Like, right. that's why you, yeah. we, we talk about signs and symptoms. Signs yeah. are observed by the doctor. Symptoms are yeah. patient-reported. Yeah. So I, f- I was like, okay, actually, if you think about it that way, it's really not that different from you go to a, you go to a physical visit and the doctor's like, what are your symptoms? And then you list mm-hmm. them out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's literally not different right yeah pretty much so you list out the symptoms and then you can upload um photos or documents or whatever Mm. and so i just uploaded a photo of my positive art from the day before and um it is kind of like a the experience is really like a virtual doctor's clinic so they they tell you um you know you are now in the queue there are two patients before you. <laughs> then, right, right. Which, of course, makes sense, right? Because, yes, yes because, yes, there is a limited supply of doctors. Yes. <laughs> then, finally, you know, when you're up next, it says, okay, you know, start the call. And it was the quickest doctor's visit I have ever been. I can imagine, yes. <laughs> it was under two minutes. Like, wow, okay. The doctor was on autopilot because I think, I mean, you can imagine how many of these he must see. Oh my God, can you it's imagine? It's literally flu-like symptoms, uploaded yeah. picture of ART test. He was yeah. like, yeah. okay, I'm going to prescribe okay. you some medicines. You can yeah. see them in the, you know, like tap the prescriptions thing in the bottom right, co- bottom left corner, whatever. And then um, there's a five-day MC. You don't have to take all the days. You can return to work whenever you feel ready um, or whenever you test negative, whatever. Mm. Right. And then, um, thank you very much. Is there anything else? I was like, no, thank you. I mean, I'm really only there for the MC, but... Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, you're feeling miserable. You don't want to... To be fair, right? Nobody wants to spend any more time on this. Not even the doctor. Yeah, exactly. So, at the end of that, um, you can tap the prescriptions thing and it comes comes up and it's a valid... It's a prescription valid for 24 hours. So, you can Mm. actually fulfill the prescription through the telemedicine provider, you mm-hmm. can just say like, yes, please send me the medicine and then they will deliver it by courier. Um, I think it will be on the same day. Okay. Um, and it comes in like a sealed bag because mm. obviously, I mean... Yeah, it's a biohazard. It, yeah. It's a, and I also mean, tempering, yeah. It's, I think it's more tempering than biohazard. Mm. But mm. yeah. yeah. Tempering, yeah. It comes in a, seal, it comes in a sealed bag. Mm. And uh, if you don't want to get it from there, you can actually go to a pharmacy and get it filled there but I mean why would why the hell would you right yeah 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 pretty much and it's valid for 24 hours so if you decide not to fill it and then 
you change your mind within 24 hours, like, you can still, you know, go and mm. get the medicine. So it was yep. uh, interesting. And definitely for a case like this, a very good fit. <laughs> because I am, I, I don't have private transportation. Like, mm. if I want to, if I wanted to go to a clinic, the only way that I would have been able to get there is to walk. Yep. And I do not want to I walk mean, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, I mean, it's interesting how all we've had to, to essentially develop all these protocols in fairly short order. Yes. Uh, but yes, it seems like at least the system is somewhat well thought out. Uh, yeah, I also had to yeah schedule a courier for my for my uh, home PCR test. Mm -hmm. That was actually pretty okay because the guy actually came to my door to, to pick it up and there was a, already yeah. an airway bill attached to it. Right. Um, but, I mean, if you think it's hard getting stuff picked up or delivered in Singapore, wait till you try it in the US. No, no. I mean, I, I'm, I am aware. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am not very... No, yes. I mean... I mean, I, I've been trying to avoid telling my Panama story, but one of the funny things that I had was trying to register for a FedEx account while I was in Panama. Uh, yes. I was stuck in Panama because my everything was stolen. Yes. And uh, I had to get stuff couriered to me from the Singapore Embassy in San Francisco to Panama City, mm -hmm. which uh, the Singapore Embassy doesn't pay for the shipping, so you have to arrange for the courier yourself. So a little bit of context, and yes. it's a story that I've told David not to share because it will take another hour, um, at least. Um, well, we can we can we can fill in the rest of the details, but this is the the most important thing. Yeah. I, my passport got stolen, so I had to get yes. I think documents sent to me, and we have yes. about seven minutes and left. So. It's also why David has a new laptop. But yes, let's go. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, so essentially, in order to arrange for the courier, you need to have you need to contact either DHL or FedEx, right, with the two yep. big ones, yep. to get the stuff sent to you. DHL. Uh, initially didn't go through because there was some security flag on the website that refused to let my 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 shipment order go through. Uh -huh. Okay, and so I said, okay, fine. If if FedEx is uh, DHL is not going to play ball, I'll try FedEx. FedEx was worse um, yeah. when I tried to uh, first in order to to schedule a shipment or a delivery, you have to make an account on the FedEx website, which DHL doesn't require. Right. All right, and then I tried making an account and I said, you cannot make an account, please call our customer service. So I called the customer <laughs> service and said, oh, okay, um, the address you provided uh, that's in the US, have you been living there for more than a year? I said, no, because I literally, you know, I'm a grad student, I've moved back and forth, right? Okay, um, so because you haven't lived at the address for more than a year, you have to go to a physical FedEx store in the US in order to create an account. I'm like, I'm in Panama City and I don't have a passport. What do you want me to do? Oh, you can just fly to Albuquerque, go to mm. this store on this on Central Boulevard and register for him. Like, You're not listening, are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean, yeah. I have I have no comment. I have no comment. <laughs> yes. In any case, it yeah. yeah. We'll we'll talk about that story some other time because that is a there's a whole hour's worth of content. Yeah, I also feel like that ties in a lot with, um, with. Well, some I I follow a number of what we could call like professional venting subreddits. So ah, yes, professional venting. Yes. One for my own industry, which is consulting, uh, <laughs> which is actually our you would professors. think that, yeah, our professors, um, yeah, and of course you would think that 
consulting and professors, because they are white collar roles, right? Mm. <laughs> they will be filled with like career advice, right? No, it's but no, white it's, wine. It's all venting. It is all venting. It is all white my day wine. at work sucked, yes. and I want to and I, I want to vent. Uh, here is a stupid meme. Is that kind of thing. Um, and then there's also Kitchen Confidential, Tales from mm. Your Server, Tales from Retail, Tales from the Front Desk, the front desk. Um, Tales from yeah. Tech Support as well. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. See, yeah. if, I, if, I, if I sign out for that, for that subreddit, it's just going to be a lot of PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Me. Yeah. And um, I think Tales from Retail would oh, be geez. the closest to, to the experience that you just described, except that this is the other side, right? Like, yeah. they are people who are behind the counter or they are taking these calls and then mm. the person on the other end is, does not understand. Yeah. <laughs> right? But yeah. Um, it reminds me a little bit of that. So maybe that feels a little bit more like anti-work and anti-work is its own kettle of it's its own, fish yeah. yeah but okay that's yeah. we won't get into that today anyway yes. i think this is probably a good point to wrap up yes um and i have kind of like forgotten how to do this i think this is episode 33 <laughs> this is episode okay. 33 yes and um you can find the show notes for this episode at monkeymind.xyz slash zero three three um I'm looking at the show notes and they are all about systems except for... They're all about computer <laughs> systems except for the right. Planet Money show. Right. About rapid testing. Anyway, mm. that's it for this week. I don't know when we'll record next because, like, who knows? I mean, like, the reason yeah, we didn't... We, the, the reason we didn't... We stopped recording in, like, April or God knows when was school. Yep. And funnily enough, it is the end of the semester. <laughs> the end of the summer <laughs> semester for me, so... So the next three weeks are going to be incredibly busy. So I actually don't right. know. If, yeah, we are and then busy, you are we going have back. jobs, and unfortunately, yeah. my job is school. So yeah, and you're going that, back to the US. Well, I'm ish. Yeah, I haven't even. Yeah. I think I told you my have I have I told you what my flight is going to be. Um, we can we can discuss that offline. But I think okay. you mentioned Fiji, so I'm not. Uh, no, no, Fiji is off the table. It's not Hawaii. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. That's not too bad. Uh huh. Well, I mean, depends on what you mean by bad, but okay. Yes. So, um, we will pick up again. Whenever. Probably September at the earliest. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that that's makes sense. most likely. All right, so we will, we will catch you on this. Side. Catch you then, I guess. Whatever. Yes. However, yeah. However, we do this. How how do people record podcasts? I've basically forgotten. 